1: Hey, everybody. We're back with another Bald Move television podcast, the officially unofficial podcast for all TV. Uh, I'm Aaron. I'm Jim. Uh, Jim, I, I saw the outline for today's episode. I feel like... We, we, we always cover all of television. We said we are going to narrow our focus down to one television show, and now uh, we're talking about all of television, it seems like. We're going to talk about Emmy nominations, some Stranger <laughs> Things. Like I, I can't resist. Not not even one week can we stay true yeah. to our mission of not covering all of television. We have opposing missions. That's the problem. We <laughs> do. We do. Uh, which of the two topics, the, the, the B-plots of this episode, shall we say, do we want to talk about first? Uh, the Emmy nominations that were released last week, or the stranger things season 3 trailer teaser trailer uh that was released i think yesterday yeah it was uh let's start with the emmys okay uh you and i both don't think much of award shows even though including our own including yeah. our own uh-huh. the 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 baldies is the the second least ridiculous award show on the planet <laughs> Uh, I'll let you guys figure out what the number one is. Uh-huh. Um, but the Emmys, they came out like I think the Emmys are even uh, historically bad. Like, like the, the the you know I always hold the fact that um, they didn't ever give any love to The Wire. Mm-hmm. I hold against them that they didn't give any love to uh, like the le- real love to the leftovers. Like I thought it deserved. I feel like once they finally do get around to recognizing somebody, like Breaking Bad, then it's just, it just gets stuck in, in between their teeth, and they can't help but nominate these people again and again and again. Yeah. Like, Peter Dinklage could have died last season, and he will still get nominated for season eight of Game of Thrones, because that's what you do once you get on. Mm-hmm. Um, and But I know that we're in a minority, and a lot of people like to talk about these fucking awards, so... Uh, any? Have you have you seen the 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 list of I'm, the nominations? I'm looking at them right
0: now. I hadn't seen them until about five seconds ago. So. Okay,
1: I do think that uh, they did a typically kind of slipshod job on the dramatic series, but I thought the comedy series were not were not terrible. Okay. Uh, do you want to just go by them through category? I've got a list from yeah, box here.
0: Yeah, j- just a few of the categories. We're not going to do them all, No, no, obviously. no. Like I think the
1: top six, like the series and then the actors. Uh, outstanding yeah. comedy series uh, nominated uh, Atlanta, Barry, Blackish, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Glow, The Marvelous Miss Maisel, Silicon Valley, and the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Honestly, the only one I'm entirely unfamiliar with here is The Marvelous Miss Mazel. Hmm. Despite Netflix's best efforts, I have not not clicked play on that banner. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a strong category. Like it, uh, to me, it's a race between Atlanta and Barry. Okay, I know you haven't seen any I, of Atlanta, the, but the holy only ones, shit.
0: yeah, the only ones I've seen on here are Barry, Glow, Silicon Valley, and I saw not last season of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, but I feel like I know what that show is. Right. Uh, so yeah, I mean, of the three seasons that I watched last year, I guess, Barry was the best, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Glow was really good. I really liked Glow. Silicon Valley, eh, it was okay.
1: I think Silicon Valley and like Curb Your Enthusiasm are there because they're That's all... That's what you do. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I heard this last season... I haven't seen this last season occur, but I heard it was just kind of like a, eh, kind of, you know, comeback season, Um, and mm-hmm. Silicon Valley was... The best season they've had in a long time, but far from the heights of the show. Yeah. So, uh, I don't
0: know. Barry, it was its debut season, and it was surprising uh, how good that was. And different. I like it when the Emmys,
1: or any award show, can reward a risky uh, success. Um, You know, something that took a lot of risks, and I think Barry, uh, you know... It took some challenging material. Like, I've seen Assassins with Hearts of Gold before, you know, Gross Point Blank, etc. Sure. Um, But they didn't really do... I mean, they did an interesting job where it's very complicated how you feel about Barry by the the end. Mm -hmm. And, like, whether he's a good guy under it all. And what does that even mean? Like, how, how can you maintain your good guy status? Or is that, like is that just a way you carry yourself or is it the accumulation of the things you do? Um, And I think it's got some interesting conclusions. I can't wait to see season two of that. Mm -hmm. Atlanta was just like a tour de force. Like the stuff that Donald Glover is trying to say about, I guess his particular view of the black experience of America is, 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 is amazing. It's hard for me to to comment on because a lot of stuff is like, shit that i'm finding out or like getting the emotional truth of for the first time mm-hmm. so uh but it it also remains like extremely funny and a lot of the humor comes from like their their great characters and their are great cast not so much as like a situational comedy because there's nothing funny about being jumped for your jewelry and then running through a, fo- a woods afraid that you're going to be murdered you yeah. know that's not a funny situation what if you did it in tidy whities <laughs> <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure. If if it's Walt yeah. and Jesse and they're dissolving someone at the end in the bathtub, fine. Okay. But yeah, it's similar to that. Like, finding the humor in these black situations, like, emotionally and skin color, uh-huh. uh, I think it does does really well. And I will be... I mean, honestly, uh, I think we should all join together and burn the Emmys down if one of these two doesn't win.
0: Okay. <laughs> sure.
1: I mean, Blackish is also... I don't also, see
0: anything there that would compete with them, honestly.
1: Yeah. I mean, Blackish is also very good, but... It's not better than Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Um, So let's talk about the Outstanding Drama Series, The
0: Americans. Okay. Yeah, I heard this was the best season of an already amazing show. Okay. uh, To wrap it up. So, yeah, uh, I haven't seen it since, like, season four three or four
1: right it's when we well, when we jointly yeah. bail i guess i was the one that bailed yeah you, you bailed and i me.
0: kind of killed crushed my spirit on that <laughs> show
1: so i i just haven't crushed caught up with the it spirit like so many swedish diplomats and stuffed it into a suitcase <laughs> uh-huh. um the crown which is something i really want to see because it's right up my alley it's all about that british you know upper crust bullshit uh and it's well acted <laughs> and it looks amazing uh but i haven't seen it uh so i can't commentate on it game of thrones this, this is, not is outrageous win. game of yeah. thrones had a very uneven penultimate season yeah. that much depends on the finale season i i am aghast that 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 the, zomb, the zombie husk of of season 7 game of thrones made it onto although It is, even when it's not firing on all cylinders, it's still awesome to look at and has two or three moments per year where they're just like drop your jaw on the floor. Mm -hmm. Um, I wish they felt more organic. This season, everything felt very set piecey, trying to get to these three, you know, literally trying to check off these three uh, bullet points that Martin gave us seven years ago. Yeah, Um, Handmaid's Tale. uh, Man, season one is amazing. I think that's what we're talking about. I Mm -hmm. think Uh, season two is so searing that Cess and I are having a hard time making it through. No, it's just fucking bleak, man. Yeah, Um, it's like
0: The Americans.
1: (laughs) Yeah, oh, except yeah, 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 yeah. Except for instead of the heroes being. Russian agents mm-hmm. fighting against the American democracy. The 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 heroes are just women. Just women. Okay. Just women trying not to be treated as cattle. Yeah. Literally cattle. Uh, and it's the performance as well. Uh, Stranger Things, season two. It's a
0: weird one. Uh, I don't really consider Stranger Things like a serious drama.
1: It's what like a really
0: f- fun show. It's not quite a comedy. It's not quite a drama. It's like All of those things rolled into one, and it doesn't really seem to fit, in my mind, in any category.
1: Yeah, it's almost like Spielberg 80s adventure.
0: Yeah, like, if there was a nostalgia category, Uh, like, biggest nostalgia boner, this would be in it, but, like... I don't know. It's not great drama. There are a couple of things like Hopper and Eleven's relationship. I don't last know. Last season was pretty good. But I
1: thought that there was a lot of really strong performances. The kid, Will, the Will the one that was like,
0: yeah, I think they should be nominated for their performances. But the series hmm. as a whole is like, is that serious drama?
1: I mean, I doesn't have. I mean, if it's not funny, it's got to be drama, right? I guess. Uh, or can
0: it just be like fun, you know? Like, how
1: is it different from like, I guess, Breaking Bad in that way?
0: Uh, Breaking Bad was always like uh, a really intense character. I guess it's study. dark.
1: It's it's dark. It's as dark as you can get starring a bunch of 12 and 13 year olds. Yeah, like like Goonies is as dark and being true to the the era. Like, like like it's like imagine if Goonies the movie was Midnight Black. Mm-hmm. Like maybe the Fratellis will kill a kid, <laughs> right? Maybe Chunk doesn't walk out of that basement. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I get your. I I, I guess I don't feel as strongly about it as you do, because um, I think I that, mean, I'm not like, saying
0: it shouldn't be there at all. Right? But like I, I'm I'm cool with it being recognized because it's an amazing show. It's probably my favorite show on TV, but like, drama. <laughs> Um,
1: this is us the juggernaut I that yeah. i refuse to see uh, refuse to see it for misguided re- principles i suppose i'm just not interested huh. in seeing it um okay. like every even the defenders kind of say it's kind of schmaltzy and that mm. that's kind of an anathema to me and then westworld yeah uh which is another kind of game of thronesy if you're going to give like like what other se- what other what other series got overlooked um, what was the one with, um, Michelle Dockery and, uh, where the villain was, uh, uh, Jeff, Jeff Daniels? Oh, yeah. Um, Godless? Godless. Like, isn't Godless better than Westworld?
0: yeah godless was really strong like godless didn't have kitsumi it was Kits- it was a Kitsuya. limited run thing though right it wasn't it wasn't a yeah, series i guess that's so true it and they do category. have the
1: limited series a role let's see did yeah. that get into it no it didn't make it there either no uh, i'm not going to go through that category because i haven't seen
0: literally any of them but yeah i i thought mr robot season three was much better than west world there you go two. that's a good comparison wait uh, is this Westworld? this west season one season or two, two okay sure.
1: And I actually think uh, *Handmaid's Tale* season two, too. Like the way this stuff mm. works, is the the cutoffs are
0: okay. Then yeah, I don't think *Westworld* should have been in that. Just yeah. personally speaking.
1: Uh, let's go to lead actor in a comedy series, Anthony Anderson, Blackish. Uh, I don't. I've seen some of that show, but not enough to even recognize the the actor Ted Danson from *The Good Place*. Good Place, another show. A lot of yeah. people say we need to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ted Danson's good. We know this. Uh, Larry David from *Curb Your Enthusiasm*. You know, whatever. He's Larry David. <laughs> Donald Glover in Atlanta it absolutely deserves it because, like, his fingerprints are all over this thing. He probably is the person that does the craziest shit in the season. Absolutely deserving. Bill Hader, Barry. Mm-hmm. And then the, you know keep doing what you're doing uh slot william h macy from shameless which yeah i, I it's a great show too uh but again yeah, i really
0: like mr macy
1: i do too we like we're we're in uh i'm uh i i could throw a parade a macy's day parade you might say uh Donald Glover and Bill Hader, I, again, this is a two-man race in my in my mind. I mean, maybe Ted Danson yeah. deserves to be in there, but, but I find it hard to believe that he's doing something better than Donald Glover or Bill Hader are doing in Atlanta and Barry. Hmm. Uh, supporting actor in comedy series, uh, Brian Tyree Henry, who plays Paperboy in Atlanta, who was almost a star of the show this year. Henry Winkler from Barry, who was very funny, very good. Louie Anderson from Baskets, who is very funny, very good playing uh, Baskets' uh, mother. Mm-hmm. Alec Baldwin playing Trump uh, for the last two years on Saturday Night Live. Uh, Keenan Thompson, Saturday Night Live, for I, still being on
0: Saturday Night Live. After and you know what? Thirty-five Kenan,
1: years. Keenan is the anchor of that show. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like he is sneaky good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony Shalhoub, the marvelous Mrs. Male. Uh Mazel rather and Titus Burgess, the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Hmm. Very funny. This guy is like the star of the show as far as I'm concerned. Uh huh. Um I've seen enough to know that. Uh who do you think should win on this one?
0: Damn. Uh I I thought like Henry Winkler was good in Barry, but I don't know that he was like amazing in Barry. Um, there was something that just didn't – that that character, something about that character just didn't sit right with me. Yeah. Um, didn't feel natural enough. Yeah. Uh, and I haven't seen Louis Anderson in Baskets. I haven't seen Baskets at all. Mm-hmm. No, uh, I, I And I, I, I have a hard time giving it to – well, hmm. I have a hard time giving it to alec baldwin because he does one character essentially keenan thompson would right. be more likely because he does everything right and he's amazing at it he's got a funny face
1: the man <laughs> he gets, seems to just the, enjoy the, what he's doing the man too. gets a lot of mileage out of his reaction shots i think yeah i think brian Tyree henry because it's almost cheating since Paperboy is a main character this season then. that he's gets to mm-hmm. be in the supporting actor slot and he just I think if, if Henry Winkler, if, if you're saying it's between Henry Winkler and Keenan Thompson, I'm saying Brian Tyree Henry is like twice as good as either of those guys, in my opinion. Uh, lead actress in the comedy series, Pamela Adlin, Better Things, blah. Rachel Brosnan, Marvelous I've Mrs. May- Maisel, nah, I haven't seen it. I've seen zero of these shows. Allison Janney, mom, blah, Issa Rae Insecure, all right, all right, all right. Tracy Ellis Ross, Blackish, eh, okay. Lily Tom and Grace and Frank I haven't seen that, so I guess I'd have to give it to Issa Rae, who is just amazing and insecure. Uh,
0: huh. So Glow was nominated as an outstanding series, but none of the stars from Glow made it into the lead actress in a comedy series. Crazy, huh? Hmm. Uh, supporting
1: actress in a comedy series, Zazie Beats Atlanta, amazing. You'd recognize her as Domino from the Deadpool Two movie. Uh, Lori Metcalf uh, Calf as Roseanne uh, Betty Gilpin from Glow. Oh, so who the hell is Betty Gilpin? Do you know?
0: Uh, that's a good question. I'll and then
1: three women from Saturday Night Live: Aidy Brian, Leslie Jones, and Kate McKinnon. Uh, all very funny. Uh, I think it's it's tough because Kate McKinnon is like going to be the breakout star of this <laughs> ca- of, of this female portion of the cast. Uh-huh. I can't wait till she starts you know ripping off very funny movies. Uh, Alex Borstein from The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel and Megan Mullally from Will and Grace. Ooh, wow. Okay, uh, that's right. Will and Grace came back this year.
0: <laughs> I guess Megan Mullally was a was a delight as she usually is. Yeah, I didn't I didn't catch it, even though I was a mild fan of the original. Yeah. Uh, Betty Gilpin is the the friend of the main character, and I I kind of look at her as a lead as well. Like, yeah. those two are kind of the leads in my opinion, but. Yeah. I guess they're counting her as a supporting actress
1: um lead actor in a drama series jason bateman ozark uh okay whatever yeah. Matthew reese the americans does fine work i'm sure sterling k brown this is us i've never seen this is us but i have seen sterling k brown and a lot and i'm very impressed with him. milo so you recognize this
0: person milo Ventimiglia. yeah that's a name i've not heard in a long time it's uh shit i don't remember his name he was the star of heroes Oh, the, yeah, the yeah, lead yeah. Of heroes. Okay, yeah, yeah. I've, I, I uh, recognize he's, him. He's Rocky's kid in yeah, the, in the yeah, Rocky yeah, yeah. Rap
1: Balboa sure, sure. movie. Sure, uh, Ed Harris from Westworld is very good. Very good in a yeah. kind of a weird season. And Jeffrey Wright, Westworld also. Uh, I guess I'd have to give it to
0: either Ed or Jeff. I mean, there was nothing wrong with the performances. no they were both stellar and i don't even know how to choose between the two of them honestly
1: right they both did a lot of heavy lifting i thought um in service of a of a bewildering plot supporting actor i mean it's like yeah i guess it'd be one of those two flip a coin uh it's playing a robot insane robot unstuck in time maybe harder but then again maybe ed harris is also a robot (laughs) in similar situations who the fuck knows uh, supporting actor in a drama series, Nikolai, uh, coster Waldo from Game of Thrones, Jamie Lannister, Peter Dinklage, Ty- uh, Tyrion from Game of Thrones, Mandy Patinkin. St- still what? fucking kick around in Homeland. Get that fuck out of here. That show's still on the air. <laughs> uh, David Harbour, Stranger Things, uh-huh. Matt Smith, The Crown, and Joseph Fiennes, A Handmaid's Tale. Joseph Fiennes a very creepy and malevolent uh, and banal in The Handmaid's Tale a pro david harbour is very good too mm-hmm. like he really has great chemistry with his uh, surrogate daughter uh, in in 11 and projects like toughness and warmth and vulnerability and he's funny and like, also
0: anger and like yeah th- there's a lot going on in his performance there I can't wait again to see him as hellboy um i think much more so than like peter dinklage for instance <laughs> I mean, Peter in season of Game of Thrones.
1: Had some decent moments uh, standing yeah, up to Daenerys. I just don't da- Daenerys think the range and, was there. And, and, that, and the that scene character. he had when he was treating with his sister. Uh, I always like seeing uh, Nikolai's work as uh, Jamie Lannister, but to me, yeah, it's going to be between David Harbour and Joseph Fiennes and uh, probably David Harbour for me. Lead actress in a drama series, uh, Sandra Oh, Killing Five, Tatiana Maslan. From Orphan Black? What the fuck? That show's been on for as long as The Simpsons, right? Yes. Uh, Kerry Russell, American
0: is forty-five years old. She now.
1: is. She is. Uh, there is now seven hundred and forty-three thousand clones of her. <laughs> and uh, She like, plays every last. She one. play every one of them. Then that,
0: the finale episode is just going to be her. There's <laughs> going to be nobody else in it.
1: They actually film four hundred days a year. It's incredible. Uh-huh. Uh they, they they find they find out ways to get more days out of the year. Carrie uh, Russell, the Americans fine. Claire the uh, Crown fine. Elizabeth Moss, Handmaid's Tale. Evan Rachel Wood Westworld I don't know about Evan Rachel Wood just because I don't know I I think she did a good job portraying what she's supposed to portray but I wasn't buying what they were selling I probably have to give it to Elizabeth Moss
0: because her work on Handmaid's Mm. Tale
1: is incendiary
0: from what I hear she's gonna have some stiff competition from the Americans uh, as well as Matthew Reese I think both Matthew and Carrie is this the final season yeah
1: okay so people are gonna be although I don't know if this is, like, the
0: the cherry on top award. Man, I don't know what the dates are for, like, submissions and stuff, so I right. assume this is the final season
1: right? if, if the, they're judging. If, the, if the
0: Americans came out this,
1: like, early or late spring, early summer, which it did, right, then it was eligible.
0: I think so, yeah.
1: Um, and then, finally, supporting actress in a drama series, uh, Lena Headey, Game of Thrones, Sanus, uh <laughs> Millie M- 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 Bobby Brown, Stranger Things. There we go. All right. Vanessa Kirby, The Crown. Uh... And Dowd, The Handmaid's Tale, uh, just a vicious, vicious role that she does so well. Uh, Yvonne Stra- Strahovski from The Handmaid's Tale, uh, Alexis Bled- Bledel from The Handmaid's Tale, Dandy Newton from Westworld. I really enjoyed the work that uh, Miss Newton did in Westworld. Yep. But holy cow, you probably got to give it to one of those three women in The Handmaid's Tale. I'd like Millie Bobby Brown, uh, but her standout episode is a little weird for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know? uh the, the New Mutants episode and I think that's gonna hurt a little bit. But she was really, really good kind of coming into her own this season. So there's her thoughts on the Emmys. I'm not gonna get too excited about anything except for if if Barry or Atlanta does not win the comedy category, then like what what more do, what more evidence do you need that the the Emmys has no artistic validity? Yeah. Uh Hey, everybody. Want to do some housekeeping before we move on to the next subject? Uh, reminding everybody that we are in the midst of our summer Game of Thrones Season 3 rewatch. Uh, this is a big one because it, it'll essentially give us full coverage of the show. We'll have every season covered. Uh, we'll do it in a no-spoiler format. So, like, we're reviewing and talking about the episode as if we've not seen the rest of the season. And then we have a spoiler section at the end where we stop all that and and, and talk about, like, the little kernels that we've we've gained and see them sprout into full stocks of corn yep yeah that's what you do yeah. with kernels absolutely you don't have grain kernels the k- k- kernel is just corn there's no way you have kernels of that corn yeah you could have kentucky fried chicken kernels you can have computer kernels but when you're talking about food it's got to be corn
0: and kernels could probably sprout into generals at some point
1: yeah, yeah 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 i don't know you'd use that terminology sprout <laughs> sprouting sprout. kernel into a general but sure Uh, Also something excited, uh, we're excited about Better Call Saul Season 4 returns August 6th. That's a Monday. Uh, So here in the next few weeks, we'll be doing a preview podcast for that. Uh, And then we'll be out with full coverage of that each and every week as it releases. That'll, I'm assuming, be a Wednesday type of podcast. That's how we go. Uh, Don't forget, we also did a first-run ball movie, Skyscraper starring The Rock. That was a lot of fun. Uh, We got a general review for everybody, and we got a spoiler-filled review for club members. And then, also, I'd be remiss to not mention that my Kickstarter for the book is ongoing at book.baldmove.com. Uh, we have uh, we've raised $11,000 out of a $10,000 goal. Uh, we will be announcing some stretch goals this week. There's 22 days left to get in. Uh, there's a couple of uh, tiers where you can actually just get a discount on the book if that's what you're wanting. But we also got some really cool merch. It's probably going to be even cooler now we got Chase Stone as our artist. Um, check out book.ballmove.com for all those updates. And let's get back to the episode. Okay, that's Emmy Talk. Done with that. 20 minutes. Holy shit, I can't believe we talked that much about it.
0: Yeah, it's too much. I want to spend like two minutes on the Stranger Things Season 3 trailer.
1: Okay. Uh, it's not really a trailer. It's an, adver- if it's an advertisement for a new mall coming to Hawkins, Indiana.
0: Yeah. Uh, Which is weird, because I didn't think Hawkins was nearly big enough to have a mall. Yeah, but that's the plot. (laughs)
1: That's the thing is like I always thought like that Hawkins was like a Mooresville or smaller, and like I you know look malls huge part of the '80s, early '90s uh,
0: kid culture. The setting is awesome. The set it's and it
1: gives a lot of like really cool opportunities for older kids and younger kids to mix together, and for the younger kids to like bum rides off the older kids, and like arcade Mm -hmm. opportunities and. All kinds of really cool storytelling possibilities. It does feel like Hawkins, they should have to drive 20, 25 minutes over to the next yeah, big town. For sure. They should have to drive to the Greenfield or, or to the Greenwoods or the Plainfields from the Mooresvilles of the world to get there. But, you know, that's not fun, watching people drive for 30 minutes to get get anywhere cool.
0: No. No, it's not. And, you know, with the kids being so young, they can't drive. Their parents have to take them, or Steve would have to take them more likely. Yeah. Dustin's going to badger him into I it. I did
1: like Steve working the food court <laughs> uh-huh. with the Ohoy Sailor or whatever. Yeah. Um, that was good. That looked really good. A-
0: every single shot, they they really... So aside from it being in high def, you Ooh. know, they they do a little bit of, like, artifacting of right. the image to make it look sort of like it's on a tape or something yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or a bad TV signal. I mean, it but does... But it looks crisp. That's and... the
1: thing, like it does you are aware that they put all these actors in the 80s clothes but I thought yeah. they really sold like the VHS tape quality of mm-hmm. it and like the 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 kind of shitty lighting
0: and if, if even though it looks a thousand times better than VHS ever did but it, it but, but they they it hit feels that, like it that feeling yeah
1: like when whenever I was watching the kids at the like food court and they're tucking in this food and they're like wearing the like you know the crazy blown out curly poofs in their hair and all that stuff yeah. I'm like Man, that looks exactly <laughs> like the mid eighties.
0: Right. In, and the jazzer size aerobics outfits. In a way
1: that like the show does, but the show reminds me of like my own memories. Yeah. Like what it felt like to be in the eighties, whereas this actually captures what the eighties media felt like.
0: Which is good because this is yeah. supposed to be, you know, 80s and in commercial, universe, yeah. yeah. So, uh and they took like I-, I think almost shot for shot. Like every shot felt like it was right out of like fast times at Ridgemont Right. Ohio. Right. Like I swear I've seen those exact shots in that movie. Um,
1: like I there's a lot I thought there was a lot of mall rats type of shenanigan's yeah. kind of in the margins there. Looking and the forward guy to the... bopping with his walk, Sony Walkman yeah. cassette, you know. Like it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, I think it's a Marty McFly model too. It had uh-huh. like the bright orange like ear cups and uh maybe maybe someone will torture somebody with uh, uh, the rock and roll music. I don't know. It looks good though. Yeah. The the Sam
0: Goody Obviously, you had to have one of those. Oh a yeah, mall. Radio Shack. Yep.
1: I was waiting for like when there. I was like, "There's got to be a J.C. because J.C. Penney anchored <laughs> every Midwest mall I've ever been to." Uh, um, man, malls are really taking a beating right now. Yep. Have you ever been to a mall lately?
0: Uh, yes, but there's no reason for me to ever go to one.
1: <laughs> like when I moved here five years ago, I lived right next door to a mall, and I'd go there from time to time. Uh, mm-hmm. and it's just in the, the decay it's undergone in the five years since I've been here. Yeah. It's man. That's something that really took a nineteen ninety three me by surprise. Uh, okay, I think we're ready to talk to, to, to collapse our focus back down to the singular episode, the singular TV show, mm-hmm. abandon the premise of all of television, and talk about HBO's Sharp Objects episode two, Dirt. Yeah, uh, I liked it. Yeah, I I was surprised. I liked it because I felt like they really. Uh, and, and, and compiling my notes and putting them in the categories that I want to talk about, I realized that, like, this was a lot of mainlining the mystery and clues. And it went... Now that they've established the character of Camille and her mother Adora and Emma, like, they, they added some new kind of twists on that, but they didn't... Like, I, I felt like over half the screen time of the first episode was set up to... was devoted to setting up the characters in the town, and now mm-hmm. they got down to the business of telling a story, which, since the big hook for me is this... The relationships in a small town, and mm. kind of like the weird nostalgia I feel about it all. Like I, I was, I was impressed that they actually kind of like sucked me into the actual mystery. Um, yeah, that's my official. What do you think?
0: Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It did feel like there was more mystery, uh, mystery pursuit in <clears throat> in this one, which is fine with me. Uh, I, I'm still trying to figure out some of those relationships. Like, do you know the actual? nature of the relationship between uh, what? what's her name jackie is it jackie yeah the, the like auntish figure no like who what kind of relationship does she have with camille is
1: so like i i don't know i've got to speculate if you'd like me to sure yeah uh, there's a scene I don't know where like these mean girl queen bees show yeah. up at the funeral and kind of like haze uh camille a little bit for not being one of them anymore and for like not having not being successful by the way they judge it not Mm -hmm. being married not being having kids they don't seem like they're particularly happy but you know whatever uh well-trod territory i wonder if like adora was the leader of a similar pack of that in high school and jackie was one of the the acolytes and yeah, and, and and has a way of like trying to sympathize, like like has a way of sympathizing with Camille because she knows exactly the kind of firepower her mom can bring to bear, and she's probably seen both sides, like the public perfect persona that she just cares about everyone, and which is clearly bullshit. And mm-hmm. I felt like that maybe. Camille and Jackie, that character, have a little bit in common, where they 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 both know what their mothers the the mother's lash feels like, and I don't know. That's my speculation.
0: Well, I mean, definitely, we know that Camille has fondness for Jackie, uh-huh. right? Like she feels like she's the only person who ever really genuinely treated her kind, genuinely. She yeah, says, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and then you know, the cop casts a little doubt on that, and right. she's like, uh yeah, you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, there's. There's clearly mutual, mm-hmm. uh, a mutually positive relationship there, right? But I don't know where that's going. They, they, I don't know if they're doing that just for color or if they're doing that for later reveals. I don't know because
1: the the woman in white mm-hmm. is interesting because the first person I think of, uh, I think Camille feels the same way because there's a, a little cutaway subliminal scene is like her mom. Mm-hmm. you know like we've seen her mom in these wispy diaphanous gowns and she's got this like she says something at the end like, like she tried to help this Natalie Keen, um because she reminds her so much of Camille and it seems like there's a certain type of girl that's being murdered because the you know Emma and her group of roller skating mean girls talked about like well it's not the cool girls who are being murdered it's like the weirdo outcast kind of mm-hmm. um, I almost wonder if like we're supposed to think that maybe adora is purging the town of camille type undesirables Hmm. uh as a and and or maybe she's trying to take him under her wing and when they reject her she i i I mean it's it's so on the nose that i almost makes me think that it's a red herring yeah the same way when they showed a police chief right they just made it They just made a point about How all these teeth Are pulled out of like p- Pliers or sharp edges And this motherfucker Is trying to straighten out A sign Like literally the next scene He's got vice grips He's training He's wrenching and pulling And showing his man strength About like how many teeth He could pull Like, like come on Like he surely Is not going to be The murderer <laughs> I don't think you so can't, but... You can't You can't d- Draw Take a red highlighter And draw this guy out In episode
0: two And have me think That he's going to be The murderer Yeah The only person we know Can pull teeth is the cop from wherever right, he's from. Right, right. So, but suspect why, number one. Why would he do that if he <laughs> used a teeth pull? Like, you know. know,
1: yeah. It turns out that Detective Willis was the 1983 teeth pulling championship at the Hog Fair in Wichita. <laughs> oh, My God, shit. we should have known. Look at his forearms. Yep. They're like Popeye. Um,
0: the, the other small but I feel like revealing character piece that they did, it's very short, but uh-huh. there's a flashback of Camille... Uh, kind of uh, Camille's sister, whose name I don't know. Um, and Adora, Emma. You're talking about her step, her, no, the her dead one, the
1: dead one. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not sure. It starts with an M, I believe.
0: Um, but she's clearly like uh, her mom's showing favor to the young sister. Yeah, taking her into the room, playing with her, whatever, and yeah. l- shutting Camille out. Uh huh. Uh, and to me, that kind of sheds some light on this whole thing because something was wrong even before the lashing out right Right. like the the stuff at the funeral the embarrassment at the funeral yeah um things have not been good between Camille and her mother for a very long time right and it's almost one of those things where like I don't know that this is the case because Adora seems to judge herself by you know those traditional values like family and children and stuff like that um so I don't think that she has this attitude, but sometimes there can be an attitude of like especially toward the firstborn, because they're the ones who would this would apply to most, uh, a feeling of the kid, especially if they were were not intended. Um mm. if you know, if it was like an accident and mm. oops, got pregnant, mm. now I'm having this kid, you can feel some kind of resentment toward mm. like them for changing your life yeah, substantially yeah, yeah. because you know, that's something that's irrevocable. And once the second kid comes along, it's well, my life was already that. It's so like Beth feel from Rick tour. and Morty.
1: Sure. Yeah. You know, she's got a special kind of enmity towards Summer that she right. doesn't maybe have towards Morty, who's just kind of pathetic.
0: Yeah. I I'm can wondering see that. if any of that is playing into it, but it doesn't. I don't think it quite lines up with Adora's values. Like I said, she I mean, would probably want a child,
1: right? I think all of her. I think all of her. All of her on-screen behavior can be attributed to like just basic narcissistic personality disorder, like. Sure. Camille was Everything that she wanted her to be She was beautiful and witty And she was a cheerleader And then something happened that pierced that veil Of perfection and maybe Revealed to Adora the things About herself that she's not comfortable about And suddenly she uh, Was this 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 person was persecuted And now the younger daughter who i mean because that's the thing like i even see a little bit how that happens with kids like you know kids are like 3 or 4 they're showing you, you 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 see all the cute things that remind you of your strengths and like you know none of your real weaknesses and then as they start to show those sides of their personality it's kind of like it's a little bit of a of a shock to see some of your worst qualities or things you're least proud of like reflected in a mirror um but i think if you got a a, like a narcissist person that must be like like nails on a chalkboard you can't can't even bear it like these things you buried so far and you you you're so careful about erecting this facade so no one can see it and then holy shit there's this copy of you out there with them on a billboard (laughs) like to me that's that's what adora is going through and and like yeah uh and the 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 bullshit that she'll accept from Emma like that scene where Emma's throwing a fit over the dollhouse mm. when we know it's it's all manufactured and Adora is
0: allowing it to happen and like that's so gross like yeah I, that's what Adora wants in a weird way you know it's <laughs> like she wants to feel like i guess she's the most important thing in this child's life and that yeah. these tantrums are like some kind of reflection of her need for her mother or yeah. like it's really fucked up man right
1: and need for per, like her mom's similar need for uh like uh perfection maybe mm-hmm. but it, like and it's and also like this continually infantiling because like, she's like 14 15 years old and yeah like she's wearing this like disgusting pink <laughs> <laughs> like, like like something that, that you'd wear out of like little house on the prairie kind yeah. of kind like of like she job. lives in that dollhouse. Yeah she's got. But
0: the whole fucking house is did you notice that when the the Oh yeah the housekeeper is like sweeping the floor yeah. that Emma is sweeping the exact yeah. same exact part of same. the dollhouse. So this is a Like she's living in this dollhouse.
1: Right, right, right. I I was wondering. I was going to add. That was one of the things I wanted to say because uh, in like the subliminal or kind of like you know artsy fartsy section, like what exactly are they trying to say there? And I think you're spot on. The Emma is a living doll in this house. Mm -hmm. Like this is a. It's a micro. It's it's so weird too. Like what are the odds that two like uh, because Hereditary had a big, big dollhouse component of its plot for similar. Hmm. Like, what are the odds that two things like with like would come out less than two months apart that would have
0: such a yeah. interesting framing device? Um, but I don't know. I thought the the framing of the timeline there was a little important. Like yeah. this animosity has always been there.
1: Mm-hmm. There's also speaking in the maid. There's a, a lot of interesting uh, subsurface stuff they're doing. Like, did you notice that? Uh, Adora was always taking away knives from Camille. Like, Camille can't cut her own apple. Uh, like, all the knives are, lo- like, the yeah. the f-
0: maid was, like, locking up all the knives at the end of the scene. And the most ridiculous thing is when she goes to cut that apple, uh-huh. her mom says, no, let me do that. And, and then she just it hands, the hands the fuck- it to the maid. Oh, yeah.
1: God. Yeah. No, nah, it's... Although, I gotta say uh the maid's apple slicing technique blew my mind yeah she's taking those oblique angles so like at the end like you don't actually specifically cut out the core but at the end you've got this like perfect hexagonal you
0: taught me some things because she she eats
1: those she she, she eats the <laughs> she apple <laughs> she core. that's, the cores yeah, yeah so yeah. she
0: leaves as much as the meat as po- of, as possible on the core
1: all oh, right right yeah. uh but no i that's like my eyes are open to the perfect way to slice an apple from its core mm. bravo um yeah, I I don't know. Uh, I, I, honestly, some of the stuff that Adora and Emma should get up to is just hard for me to watch. It's hard for me to watch because like I've seen some of these dynamics in my own family, and yeah. like the scene in the funeral where like Adora uh-huh. snatches the pin yep. from Camille. <laughs> And is causing this big scene in the guise of not making a scene and look like it's it's that's so specific to some of my experiences with my mother, <laughs> like at the Kingdom Hall and shit that like I. Yeah, like
0: it, it's hard for me to sit still and watch it. No. And those are the really good character moments. And there there are others, too. You know, like at the end of this episode, we see uh, Camille lies to her editor about, oh, yeah. you know, getting consent to go into Natalie's room. Right. Uh, and. And goes and then carves the word liar into her jeans, you know, which would be her leg if she weren't wearing pants. Mm-hmm. Uh, it almost seems like she's carving her own sins into mm-hmm. her skin, right? Uh, as as some sort of weird, like this makes it okay kind of thing, or yeah. or like I want to feel the guilt of this mm-hmm. thing forever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you I don't know, want to be reminded of it anymore. Anyway. But yeah, I I thought that was a good thing. But then at the end, she carves dirt. Mm-hmm. Which you know she has already carved many times before. Right. Obviously
1: now she's into like that f- seems important phase of like ritualistically like tracing the the previous. Because right. so that's the other thing is when we found out that like because I was on the fence about whether those were real scars. They're mm-hmm. they're totally real. Definitely yeah. Um and she's covered like head to toe with the exception of her hands and face, the face, neck,
0: that kind of stuff. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. like anything and they're but, and they're definitely. She is the one carving them, you know? There's no, Mm -hmm. like, supernatural thing. She's done it over years.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Makes me wonder how she got the ones on her back and all that kind of stuff. But, like, you know, that might be part of the ritual. She, like, I could totally see her with a stick and a razor blade (laughs) and a mirror, like, going at it, you know? Oh, my
0: God. But the,
1: the other thing about, like, because, like, I don't, I think people misunderstand. Like, I don't think that my mom doesn't love me. It's just like, and this was a really, like, when at at the end, when she's, you know, Emma's melting down and Camille's melting down and she's like screaming, like, I just want things to be nice for us and maybe I don't know how. Yeah. Honestly, I don't think a lot of narcissists have that self awareness to say something like that. It kind of took me out, but it's also the tragic truth because I do think. And ever since in every instance that I've known narcissists and I've had the misfortune of knowing if she's like they do want the best thing and they do mm-hmm. want things to be like nice and hallmarky. And maybe that's part of the problem because real life isn't all like that all the time and they overreact to the bad times. But like it is a tragedy because they want that authentic love and experience. But the way they go about is 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 just driving it further further from them yeah it's like the the the, the Leia said about tarkin the the tighter you Mm -hmm. squeeze your grip the more that love and affection just leaks
0: out between your fingers and it's 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 tragic i I do feel like they should have had camille say that to someone else about her mother Mm. like you know because like you said it's too self-aware for somebody who's like that right uh those people don't think about it in those terms or would certainly even if they do never express it because uh, it's a weakness. It's something yeah. like you know. No, I, I think if Camille was like talking to maybe her stepfather or something, and you know mm-hmm. said like, "Oh, why, why, why do you she treat you that way? Well, she wants she wants everything to be okay. She just doesn't know how. Right? Like have that conversation between two other characters.
1: Yeah, I I thought that. The other thing I, I thought was interesting about this episode is, like, I feel like there was more points of view than just Camille. Like, in the first episode, I felt very – almost like this was a first-person view of everything. Mm-hmm. Um Whereas now, like, we got to see the detective kind of doing his own thing with the barber and his own investigation. Yep. We got to see – uh we got to see, uh, uh you know, so Alan, her stepdad, talking to Adora and, like, you know – uh he, he's like the little male spider like okay if i if i approach her and i stroke her pedipalps this way yeah and i do this dance and i put on the french music that she likes with on my hi-fi set <laughs> uh then and and he tries he tries to like prop her up but help prop her up because you know that's the thing he has to do to, and and but she just you know like all that effort and then just falls as shit and then like and then he just sits down and enjoys his music. Like, what the
0: hell's going on in his head, man? I don't know. I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm kind of of the opinion that he should have waited a day or something uh-huh. to try and do, let her grieve a little bit, let her remember her own daughter, right? Uh, and her death. Let let her process that a little bit. Right. Then come in with the French music and the dancing. Right. Uh, God he, loves. He goes the world in a little prematurely, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah but, but like, yeah, his. I don't know how you navigate those waters, that
1: dynamic, like where you're just always walking on eggshells yeah. and it's the rest of
0: your life, like Jesus, but they seem to have clearly a better relationship than Camille and her mother do right right like the 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 two adults well, in that family adults <laughs> they're you know one's well on her way to being adult, the other is a fucking adult uh uh-huh. the the eldest of the that family um. They seem happy, and they seem to have a good rapport when Camille's not around, right? And as soon as Camille walks in the door, her mother goes into mother mode, Uh and things go terribly wrong.
1: I mean, there is a certain type of couple that embodies that, like, you know, Cheryl Crow. are you strong enough to be my man vibe? Like, I'm, I'm, you know, like, uh, I the the incredibly low lows will be offset by the incredibly bipolar high highs, and like it's like I'm riding the whirlwind, and this is like everything it is to be male and female and like it's i think it's a bunch of bullshit but i've seen that again- i've seen i know this couple like i've I've known them several times and it's exhausting but like it it's it they they take pride in it like like the way like yeah. a combat vet takes pride in their purple hearts and medals like uh-huh. Like, look at the intense love we
0: have, and like it's the passion and all that, and like, okay, I think Camille needs to embody the Cheryl Crow can't cry anymore <laughs> philosophy,
1: <laughs> right? But yeah, it's like that, or the Marilyn Monroe <laughs> if you don't deserve, if you can't handle me at my worst, you don't deserve me at your best, kind of like you know all that sure. shit yeah. you see on Facebook, right? Uh, yeah, uh, I just like, man, this guy. Um, I know a lot of people had him pegged as like maybe a prime suspect. I don't see it. Like, like.
0: Th- that's the point, man. Yeah. You don't see it until it's there. Yeah. Until you do, and then. You can't unsee. It. I
1: forget like I forget who did it. It might have been Josh Black, like, it might have been Sean, but on the forum somebody said like he's going with like the Dwight Schrute. It's always the person you medium suspect. Like <laughs> right. And you're right. Because like, like I feel like this show is putting like bright red warning flags and flashes on people, but like it's so hot it can't be. Yeah. And then there's some that are like, Oh look, he just this guy looks like a normal person. It can't be I I don't know. Um The other thing is like this show so let's talk about I guess the mystery and what we found out about it, because we talked about Camille's mom and her relationship and all that. Mm -hmm. Um, They're making a big deal out that this has to be a guy, both for statistical reasons, because statistically, if you're going to get murdered in this country... It's gonna be a man doing it. Mm-hmm. Just overwhelming. Overwhelming. If you had to bet, you're always gonna bet that a dude killed you because women, <laughs> that's just not there's a lot of reasons for it. But just safe to say, statistically, it's it's gonna be a dude. And how much upper body strength it takes to pull teeth. Yeah. Um I I that the latter thing, I, I think the first is persuasive just because it's it's hard to argue with. It's mm-hmm. it's statistics. The second one, it's like, really?
0: Yeah, I like. I mean, leverage Vi- is a thing. Like, like- vice <laughs> Vi- Vi grips
1: exist. You just, you squeeze uh-huh. them, you lock them, and you take a hammer and you knock it, tooth's gone. Right. Like... I, I don't uh, – t- and to me, it's to the extent that, like, I think it has to be a woman who's committing these murders because the show is spending so much emotional yeah. energy putting this blind spot in front of all the investigators that it has to be a dude.
0: It, but at the same time, it seems like such an obvious thing that they're doing that I want to lean back toward. It violates toward... the medium
1: suspect rule. But there's only <laughs> two – it's a binary <laughs> right. choice.
0: It, it, th- right
1: unless you want right. to start like you know quibbling about like trans identities and stuff sure. like that like it's
0: it, it's going to be i doubt the show is going there right but. it's going to be at
1: the end, a biological man or woman and like you know the everybody's suspecting the men so it must be the women but they're suspecting it so hard that yeah that it must be the man
0: like <laughs> i don't, I don't this know is where princess to bride
1: territory pretty soon yeah like, maybe
0: this is just the flack you know like they're throwing up the flack and then they're going to throw the flack on the women's side and then there's going to be so much flack in the air you can't see anything so you throw your hands up and just say well we'll see
1: yeah so um having said that like there is a witness to the murder uh it's uh I I forget this kid's this kid's name um like Kabisi or something
0: Jamie it's definitely James James? yeah it's it's definitely James James.
1: um uh Capisi. that's it. James Capici. Yeah. I was close. Uh, and he saw a woman in white abduct this girl when she strayed into the woods. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think. I think that that is a a clue that we can believe in. Is it his mother? His mother was wearing white. Yeah. Uh, I think he would recognize his own mother though, and she mm-hmm.
0: doesn't seem like the type that gets out much. Yeah, but would he say it? Hmm. Would he say it's my mom, or would he have some weird brain thing that tells him? Yeah, it's a uh, woman
1: in white. Nah, I don't... I mean, no. you, you, I mean I, you, you could be right,
0: but it just... I, don't, I mean, I don't even really have a theory. <laughs> I'm right, just right. saying his mother was in white. Uh, kids do some fucked up things sometimes. Yeah, that's true. Um,
1: and he was playing with Natalie, which I thought was also interesting, because this kid is like, what, 9, 10, 11, and she yeah. is 14, I believe they established. So, like... Mm-hmm. But in small towns, that happens. You know, you don't have ready playmates. Sometimes you – well, shit, we're the perfect example. Like, very rarely would uh, an 11-year-old and a 15-year-old hang out, but we were in a cult. And, you know, you got (laughs) to kind of play fast and loose with your age associations if you want to – especially if you're a nerd that wants to play board games Yeah. in rural Indiana. uh, What what
0: if Steve was abducted while he was hanging out with Dustin? Right. Stranger Things, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That would – that would seem strange, but
1: yeah, there. But there's been Stranger Things, definitely, for sure. Uh, I, I I don't know. I feel like that that's a that's that's a clue that we can kind of rely on. And I also thought that the in that the the, the discussion between uh, Chief Vickers and um shit the detective Willis that's his name, right? Richard. I, I think it's Richard know. Willis. He's he's cop.
0: Dick, cop Dick Willie,
1: me. old Dick <laughs> okay. Willie. Um, the out of town, the out of town, the detective Willis, um, where they're kind of like sparring, uh, you know, silence of the lamb style. Mm. And he's like, I've read that book too, detective, uh, Starling. I, I think they're trying to tell us like the normal serial killer rules you need to, to, to throw away. Like all the mm. shit you think, you know, because you've seen Manhunter and you've seen all of the seasons of Hannibal, you need to put aside because it's not going to help you in this case. Yeah um like they're building us a Rosetta stone for like what evidence is persuasive and what evidence is not persuasive. I don't know how to use that particularly that that, that particular tool they're giving us, but I do, do you agree with me that they're trying to teach us that, that that the
0: the this is not a standard serial killer story? Yeah, I mean that's the reason you bring up those standard kind of uh principles, right. you know. The- it is, so is so that you can ground the audience in them so that when it turns out to not be that they'll go oh I didn't see that coming <laughs> yeah what'd you make
1: of the the townsfolk almost fetishist ritual exiling of the rocks that snagged up mm. um, Ann Nash's body and they, they, they even reenacted it like they showed yeah. um, I, and I guess that must be the detective imagining it because how the hell would he have seen this like these Sure. weeping townsfolk yeah. all of them men, car- carting these these uh rocks across the, the the town line and smashing them and throwing them outside the community
0: no i i liked it i thought you know that's something that a small town with its own sort of folklore would do yeah it, it almost feels a little too like Wickerman man e it does. Me, That's like it's very but, Old Testament. Like this building, yeah. this, this
1: family got leprosy in this building. Tear the building down and and burn it, you right? Know, or. Uh, the feedback discusses scapegoat like that, that that's uh, that comes from the, the biblical practice of the the high priest taking this random goat and mm-hmm. putting all the sins, all the undisclosed sins of the tribe on it and driving it out. So the wrath of God goes and gets the poor scapegoat mm-hmm. instead of the, the, the nation of Israel. Uh, yeah. it it feels that very old timey black magic voodoo kind of thing. Scape, scape rocking, scape rocking. Yeah, <laughs> these fucking it just rocks if they weren't there. Um, I don't know. It it was bizarre behavior and just showing it reenacted. I think it's important in a like almost a yellow king kind of way. Like,
0: yeah, I was I was about to go there. It does evoke like a feeling uh-huh. certainly, and and makes this town adds to i guess some of the layers of this town yeah whereas before it was just kind of a sleepy small town yeah now you're kind of getting belief systems into it which, which are you know not not incredibly strange but certainly beyond some of the stuff that i'm familiar with
1: yeah like like is it a spontaneous um display of unfocused grief like Mm -hmm. we have no we have no killer we have nothing to take vengeance on. Let's just find something. Or are they playing a game of rules we don't understand? Like right. like, like a lot of shit in Wicker Man doesn't make sense until you get to the end. And you figure out like what's going on here in this island. I think it's kind of similar. Like maybe just maybe there's something dark and eldritch here in this town. And they're like, you know, this is what you do. And every 15 year or whenever 20 years the child killer comes, you, you got to smash some rocks. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's
0: it's also of a piece, in my mind, with all the imagery of fans and stuff that, that they're hmm. showing us. Like, the I intro is loaded with fans, the show is loaded with fans, and I can't tell if they're just trying to evoke the heat uh-huh. uh, uh, in a very visual way, or right. if there's something else thematically that they're trying to do with these fans.
1: Hmm. Because they're all over the place. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Um, I haven't seen any evidence for that, for or against... Um Yeah. So yeah, it'll be something because yeah, I just took it that they're trying to you know always reinforce how hot and sticky it is. Yeah. Um, but why
0: have them like in the intro? Hmm. That seems more important to me.
1: Yeah, no, I think you're right, and like the same like we haven't gotten to the bloody hooks, but like obviously and they're associated the, with the hog right, farms yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: and. I don't know something weird going on. There. They, that's how
1: they butcher hogs in this farm. They get they get a fan spinning real <laughs> oh, quick. Jesus. They drive them through a chute and it just that's that's how hot dogs are made. Boom, it's yeah, pork sausage. Yeah, pink. What what does they call that? The mechanically separated meat. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's you're gonna see the mechanical separation here this season. <laughs> Um, I thought it was also interesting how the town folk has these crazy theories. Like, you hear some groups of men saying it's got to be one of those ho- hog butchers because they're the only ones that can pull the f- fucking pull teeth. Why is the killer pulling the teeth? Why is the killer have know. two completely radically different M.O.s? Like, I'm I'm starting to doubt with this episode that this is a serial. This might be...
0: A copycat? Copycat or, like, like
1: yeah. you know... Uh, this, uh, I, I don't. I, I yeah. I don't know. But then again, like I'm the not collector? a criminal profiler. Yeah, something. Um, there's also a lot of talk about how weird some of these fa- like, like, like there is a little bit of mo that both of these families they've said are ones that keep to themselves. We ha- heard the Danashes yeah, keep to themselves. The- the Keens, like, the, we hear um, uh, John's girlfriend say, well, no wonder they don't—they aren't embraced by the town. They're so weird, and they keep to themselves and all this. And mm-hmm. the mean girls saying that's not the cool curls uh, being killed. Uh, also, the fact that, like, Natalie's mom said that she was a tomboy and she was this fiercely independent girl. Uh, and it, it, it sounds like they're talking about Camille, right? Yeah. Um, it's definitely Camille type, which... What do you think about Camille's sister um, of her youth that got murdered? Like that, that, do you think that she died in natural causes? Or do you think she was killed, too?
0: I mean, so far I'm operating under natural causes. Uh-huh. It seemed like she just got very sick. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Unless there was some ricin involved or something. Right. Well, I mean, man like man- by proxy. Like, her
1: mom is, like, deliberately doing something to...
0: Yeah, she's uh, spiking her, her get tea that- with... That's the arsenic, yeah, yeah, strict
1: nine rat poison, pig sure. poison. There'd oh, be a lot of man. pig poison in this town, you'd think. So, yep. <laughs> um, but I don't know. But it's because it's like they're, they, um, they 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 mentioned this. John might be gay, and they talk about how that makes sense because you know the kill, the apparently these girls are being sexually violated, and you know they talk about their that this is a sign of unnatural affections with siblings. I I don't think John did it, man. Like, he just seems like a grieving brother. Sure. That's an outsider in a weird town, and, and who do you turn to, the, the trust at that point?
0: I mean, I know it's a it's a stressful time for both of these families, but both the Nash's and the Keen's are acting weird, you know? Like, there's this fight between Bob and whatever Daddy Keen's name is mm-hmm. uh, when, yeah. they're, th- when they're having their their get-together after the, the funeral. The I would love to know what what was said there, what happened there, why that blew up, and that their daughters used to be friends until they had a, uh, a falling out. And you can see on the mirror, yeah, like Natalie has Anne written on the mirror under likes, and, and they crossed out, and then now it's under yeah. dislikes. Yeah, yeah,
1: like what what happened there? Is it possible that the teenage girls themselves are committing killings? Like, this is the meanest girls, Emma, Emma's killing people? It, it wouldn't it wouldn't i mean it wouldn't shock me how long ago was the first murder and last august i think okay. so it's been like eight nine months they they've they mentioned all right i was gonna say
0: if it's like four years ago she's probably a little young yeah, dude, yeah, yeah, murdering yeah, yeah. people but yeah uh maybe
1: huh i think that i thought that was that was interesting um i don't know what else that we want to talk clearly about clearly
0: bob is like number one suspect on cops list yeah, because he's, he's, you getting don't, soils. He's, you don't plant trackers or whatever the hell right. he's doing on on the car of just a minor suspect.
1: And we saw that there's a little bit more of the temper he had because Camille's kind of like case in the joint and she he sees him. He sees this guy screaming at his child. But then again, every time you scream at your child doesn't mean you're about to beat them or right. You know, like sometimes kids need to be screamed at. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I had yeah, I, I, and and you know, they got the cop taking soil samples. Why? Because they're trying to see if he's been back to that creek. or I guess so. Or,
0: I, or maybe just where he's been,
1: period. Right. What would you think of the, the time where Camille stops and just out of the blue praises his elderly resident for taking down signs for Natalie Keene? You find out she also did it for Ann Nash.
0: Uh, I, I thought they were just trying suspect? to give us. <laughs> yes, suspect number one now. Uh, no, I thought they were just trying to give us a taste of the small town mm. vibe, you know? And, and maybe this, this is, the like... The town's looking out for each other.
1: And this is, like, the type of person Adora wants to be. Like, this woman's just mm. doing something yeah. just to be nice, and she's not looking to take credit and be a hero. She's just doing her right. part. Whereas Adora is very showy. I need to make sure that people know that I care about this town, and they, like, it's it's... It's very showy versus selfless forms mm-hmm. of uh, public service, I guess. Yeah. Um, uh, what else we want to talk about? Oh, can we talk about the bar scene?
0: Okay.
1: Uh, we we got some info. So I'm understanding that these these dudes that were all together and making jo- talk, the jokes about blowjob shots and stuff are the same young men we saw menacing like chasing Camille and later menacing her with guns and this weird sex hmm. mur- uh, animal murder cabin. Could be. Yeah. Um, and that they're like, you know, there, there's like intimations that maybe Camille as a teenager, they would get her drunk and then take advantage of her or maybe even sexually assault and abuse her. Um, yeah. I, these are stuff I think they're getting. And I thought she weathered that fairly well, honestly, like it was something going on in the background and it didn't ever seem <laughs> yeah. to like bother her. I mean, she, uh, yeah i was kind of surprised that the, the that detective himself to, wasn't like the did.
0: fuck is going you know like yeah. he didn't even seem to react but one that of the guys walks out you know they start making kurt, jokes and he just walks the fuck out that
1: wasn't that's not natalie's father right they they identify I him as don't kurt think so
0: uh,
1: and i i tried to do a search for like but i and that's probably a bad idea for me not to be spoiled but like i couldn't find any information i don't know who this kurt character is hmm. um I don't know, but they also the other thing in that scene we found out that both Bob Nash and John Keene, uh, oh so it can't be it can be Natalie's father because his name's John. Uh, they both mm-hmm. have weak alibis. They ha- they were both, both
0: out of town at the time, but
1: yeah. they can't prove it with cell phone records. Yep. No tolls, they're paid. No, like, it was it was just their they have nothing but their own word that that they were out of town. Yeah, uh, I mean, I
0: guess that's something to look into.
1: <laughs> yeah. The other background, the other background detail is the how the town was treating this funeral as a hot ticket. I thought that was an interesting detail to throw in there. They showed a little bit where they actually had headcounts; they had to turn people away, and people were visibly disappointed. And then, like Camille called it out to her editor. Uh, oh, that's something we haven't
0: talked about—the editor and his relationship with his wife. No, oh, okay. Uh, is there? Seems like they've been married for a long time, right? Because <laughs> they know each other
1: really well. Do you think the wife? Because at first I thought that that the editor's wife was just worried that he was getting enmeshed with this unstable woman and maybe putting her in situations that weren't for her own good. Hmm. But the second and, and, and subsequent interactions, I felt like maybe she's a little jealous that Camille is getting all this attention but i i don't i don't know because i thought the first scene was really cute where he puts on the song about like you know baby we've been through a lot together and she's like yeah right in the background Mm -hmm. but i don't know like every, every single time he looked a little bit like i don't know maybe it's maybe it's guilt from her him saying hey i'll think about it and then he obviously either didn't think about it or doesn't care enough to like like stop maybe we're supposed to understand that he is pushing her success at the expense of her mental health because I think that's absolutely right
0: yeah I well I think she's worried about this interaction between you know editor and Camille for a couple of different reasons Um and they're both kind of summed up in the you know the usual things that she says right you can't solve every problem uh for everybody and he's she's worried that he's trying to do that trying to solve a problem that he can't solve or whatever he can't mm-hmm. fix camille mm-hmm. don't try um and then what was the other the other one that she said that, that turned out to be the one that he latched onto? uh are you,
1: sh- are you are you are you sure you know what you're doing yes
0: yeah uh and that's the thing like he might get in over his head here trying to help her right so i, I felt like she was she was trepidatious about this whole thing from that perspective but i didn't think it was more th- that it was there was anything more than that
1: yeah they're also showing like they're, they're using background details like the fact that he's kind of like a fix-it man around the house showing that he has this natural need that he sees something broken he wants to fix it yeah and you know that's all well and good for machines but who boy trying to do it with people <laughs> get you in a lot of trouble get you in a lot of trouble uh does else, he what?
0: does he think that that's does he realize that that's what he's trying to do here or that that might be what he's trying to do by sending her home to get her to deal with some of this shit. Oh,
1: yeah. Because, like, he even says it to Camille. Like, this is some, you know, like, this you, you, this will be good for you. It'll be good for your career. It'll be good for, you know, I I, I feel think... like
0: this would be good for people with semi-normal relationships with their family members. Yeah. I, I think this guy doesn't fully know what he's doing here. Yeah, yeah, she's, his wife is right about this. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, I think he's messing with powers that he doesn't under- fully understand, mm-hmm. um, and that's the thing. Like, you know, I think people from n- like baseline normal situations often can't understand how fucked up things can get in a home. Yeah, even when it's not like obvious like abuse, and I'm not ruling that out at all because like there's. Mm-hmm. There is some, like, just goes beyond just narcissistic behavior that's, that's that's happened here. But, like, I think a lot of people have a hard time, like, can see, like, if you came from a family where, like, you know, unconditional love was a thing, it's very hard for you to understand that, you know, not being the case. Sure. So, like, this guy seems like he's well-adjusted and has a good relationship with his wife. It might not occur to him that sending her down here can be anything but, like, healthy, yeah. you know? Like, oh well, you know, there's some tough love involved and, you know, the difficult uh, demanding mother and all that, but like it it's it goes be it can get beyond that. Uh what else did you want to talk about? That's about all I got. I have a basket, a basket, a certified basket full of feedback this week. All right. Uh and my wife Cecily is helping me prepare it because she she mentioned that there was a lot of or there was some book spoilers starting to sneak into the commentary, so she is pre filtering all that. Uh, and I and I think because she's read the book, uh, I think that uh, now uh, the, 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 I I, sh- I shouldn't have to worry about you know maintaining my purity. Uh, so thanks for that, Cecily. Uh, Rob C, something about Emma, commenting on Camille's beauty reminded me of the whole case of the Slenderman and the two girls that murdered their friend. Are you familiar with the Slenderman story at all? Not, no. Me either. Like Not I know the that's, lore
0: behind it. No.
1: Uh, I don't know anything like other. Like I, I honestly. I have no idea. Like, I I don't know whether he was just a creepypasta, if he's a video game character. Like, I honestly don't understand. Like, him and Jeff the Killer and all this other shit. Like, I, I don't know what's a uh, Five Nights at Freddy's character and what's this, like, an <laughs> organic, you know, creepypasta right. thing. Like, I, I don't know anything about it. So, that might mean something to somebody, but it doesn't mean anything to me, Rob. Uh, Josh the Black, I feel like the killer is 100% a woman, especially after Sheriff insisted it was a man. And that's why it can't be. <laughs> he also points out the bad women is kind of like a gillian flynn thing to do which right. of all the stuff that i've seen her that does seem like you know that that does that does seem like a, a theme that runs through her work uh here's a few things i caught before going to the wake at the house camille is scratching words scared into her arm we also see it scratched into camille's driver door the next time the door is shown it says sacred mm-hmm. that's another kind of like true detective detail like it's you know, evoking religious imagery in the stuff that she's doing, like this ritual she's doing to herself and maybe it has something to do with what's going on with these these uh, these murders, because you don't murder someone, display them and pull their teeth. Unless you're doing something <laughs> like, that makes sense in someone's head, right? Sure.
0: There's a purpose there.
1: Um, same scene. The license plates read Tangle, Punish and I think Bundle. Okay. That was a scene where uh, I believe that's also the scene where um, Bob Nash is getting thrown out of the wake or the funeral or the reception or whatever the fuck it is. Uh, the caddy woman at the wake asked Camille if she has any children. She avoids the question. Later, Emma's friend makes a comment about Camille being old enough to be their mother. Camille told her boss she wasn't allowed to leave her house for a year after Marion died. That's her younger sister. Is this a red herring or Camille be Emma's mother? Oh, my God. That's actually a pretty strong theory i'd say the ages line up better <laughs> i mean like like if camille got either raped or had these torrid affairs with the town boys and then got pregnant and on top of the death of her sister her mom just couldn't um, just imprisoned her in a house so she went through the pregnancy and all that and this claimed the child because also i feel like adora is just on the ragged edge of being too old to be a mom in that situation. Yeah,
0: that's kind of what I meant.
1: Like, yeah, right, right, right. Camille's, like, right on the edge of
0: being old enough to be, and... Yeah.
1: The thing I don't understand is... I would think Camille would know that, and their rapport does not feel like a mother who's being reunited with her daughter. I... I, Fuck, I mean, I'm just talking out of my ass. I don't know what that would look like. But it doesn't (laughs) feel like that's what's happening in Camille's head, but otherwise... Bomb theory, man. I like that a lot. Uh, directly after opening credits in a series of smash cuts, you see a girl standing on a red caboose with blood on her face. A few seconds later, you see the girl, same girl standing in Camille's bedroom next to a mirror. Her face is clean in person but bloodied in reflection. Later in the episode, while driving away from the kid on the big wheel being scolded by his father... Camille passes the caboose and you can see the same girl stepping backwards onto the caboose with blood on her face and smash cut to the same scene from the beginning next to the mirror I didn't recognize her but she's credited as Alice on IMDB uh it's funny because I thought that this this girl was uh uh I guess uh Marion but Marion yeah I thought I because I you know I'm not because of the nature of these spoiler, I'm not getting on to Reddit and doing a lot of in-depth analysis on this stuff, so I, you know, like, I, I don't, like, I saw this person and I thought it looked kind of like Marion, so I just assumed it was Marion, because if it's any other woman or girl, how the hell would Camille know about it? Like, I don't think she's getting a premonition about Anne or Natalie and whoever the hell Alice is. Plus, hmm. also, IMDb lies a lot. I mean, we just went through that with Westworld. Or it's just
0: wrong. Even yeah. If it's not trying to lie.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the world, Cam- the the word Camila scratching into her tummy at the end is dirt. The episode title. The word mm-hmm. you see in her arm at the end of episode one is vanish. Also the episode title. So are we just going to see her progressively carve? Suppose so.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean these words are important. I fix. don't. I don't care to like try and dig in so nah. deep that I lose my mind. I'm just going to wait for the reveals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was that. looking ahead
1: at the episode titles and they all seem like stuff that you could see on her body like fix, ripe, closer, cherry, falling, milk. Um, uh, milk's weird. Yeah. But all the other stuff, like, <laughs> you know, cherry has a particular dark connotation in, in, the, in this material. Uh, Huncules uh, wrote in, I know it's kind of pointless to make predictions when the answers are already out there, but I'm betting it's a sheriff. The novelty wanted mm. dev- dead or live picture with the sheriff's pic- uh, face on it was surely prominently placed in the first meeting and everything that happened with him last night's episode sure seemed killerly to me. Uh, yeah, it's almost like I said the the pliers scene is just too much. Yeah, <laughs> like you can't be talking about how the killer pulled teeth with a plier and then show this man maniacally pulling on this the steel plate with pliers <laughs> in his hands. Uh have even... the killer has to be a man because he knows it. He knows. Like it, yeah. it. It seems. It's. It seems absurd, but. You never know, because they, they got six more episodes. They could bring it back the other way, and, you know, it, it's all who's
0: medium suspect at the end. I would be watching that stop sign, and if it's still bent later, mm-hmm. we'll know that he's not strong enough yeah. to pull those teeth. Yeah, you, if you can't unbend the stop sign, yeah. you, you can't pull
1: teeth for sure. For sure. Uh, Texas Sandman. Uh, this show turns my anxiety up to 100. Camille's drunk driving for 70% of the show, looking at everything but the freaking road. Someone has to get dinked by her Volvo. <laughs> volvo. volvo, <Evolveu. laughs> Her the, the knockoff Volvo made by, I don't know, some kind of weird Eastern Bloc country.
0: Uh, dinked by her Volvo soon. Hmm. This is just, it's, life is different in the, the very small towns. Yeah. Like, drunk driving is not quite the offense when there are no cars on the road, ever. Yeah, like, I I, I could I could drunk drive
1: between Mooresville and Monrovia all day, every day, and all night, every night, and probably only see another car or two in the week, you know? Like, I'm not saying... It's still not a good I'm idea. I'm not excusing rural drunk driving. No. I'm just saying that it's it's not exactly the same as barreling down a city street or a highway doing it right uh so i don't i don't i don't know that we are being taught to assume that she's going to plow into somebody but it could happen it could Uh, It's hard to catch everything in one watch, but I really like the end of the breakfast scene where the housekeeper rushes to put away the 50 knives on the counter as Amma, I think, looks at them longingly. It just feels like everything is foreshadowing and we could have dived in an extra five layers deeper, soaking up all the details. I'm definitely loving the smell of the psychosphere on this one. Oh, boy. Uh, Agree. What did you think? So, I I didn't think Amma looked at them longingly. I think Amma was just, like, depressed that, well... Is she the, did she want to go to that funeral? I think that's a performance she's put, because like, she seemed perfectly content to go day drinking with her friends on the roller skates.
0: Yeah, and I mean, if she thought that, so what was that, that Natalie was an outcast and a loser, why would she care about her funeral? Like, yeah, right. Yeah, I don't think she wanted to go to that funeral.
1: Yeah. GHM three from the forums, uh the stop sign scene that the plier scene exists only to give the viewers to suspect the sheriff, yet otherwise the show seems to be telling us the culprit is a woman via everyone being so dismissive the notion. Yeah, I think we've covered this this topic pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh Jamie T for, with some observations. There's a spider in opening credits spinning its prey, and it's shot to look like they're dancing. There's also a scene in opening credits of Camille's mother dancing with Camille's stepfather. Aha, mm. Aha. Alan, you're going, to get, you're going to get webbed up and bit. That's all there is to no, it. No, he
0: is the spider. Oh, you think he's the spider? Yeah, he's the spider. That fucker just looks too normal.
1: Uh, he's too well-adjusted. Well, adjusted. <laughs> well get, get a load of this. I don't know how true this is, but there's enough killer female spiders that spiders have come to symbolize mm. symbolize a feminine threat. From DreamDictionary.com, the spider is symbolic of feminine power or, or an overbearing mother figure in your life. I didn't pull that out of my ass. I'm actually weird enough to have dabbled in Dream Dictionaries for over a decade now. All right. Hmm. I I accept your dream dictionary definition, Jamie. Uh, The victim's four post bed was decorated in butterflies, uh, both in the sheer curtains and on the pillows. However, there was a spider hanging in the middle of it, a spider in her bed. And that wasn't obvious enough. She also plays with spiders in her free time. Uh, Did you notice how perfect the victim's teeth were? My dental x-rays are a fucking mess in comparison and I've had a lot of work done. (laughs) No, I didn't. I, didn't, I did admire how perfect the victim's teeth were. I wonder if that's... Are, are we supposed to notice that? It's, uh, the genetic lottery, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, in observing family or Camille's family more, I think Camille has always been the scapegoat daughter. Her younger sister was a golden child, just as Emma is now. Uh, she included a write-up of the scapegoat versus golden child in A Narcissist's Home, uh, an article on psychology2mind.com. Uh, which, yeah, shit, I'll put it in the show notes. The thing about the golden child in psychology is they're not perfect. They face their own hardships. They receive abuse just of a different kind. But from what I've researched, they naturally take after their parent a lot more, which is why the parent attaches to them so strongly. Having a scapegoat helps unite a dysfunctional family. Emma threw Camille under the bus at the end of the episode, playing along with the mother's scapegoating of Camille, and Camille responded childishly to that, getting annoyed as though it was personal. I don't mean that in a judgy way. I just mean that I don't think it was personal. Emma is young and has to act this way in order to survive. Disagreeing with her mother would be a, uh, a hell she's had no experience with, and silently disagreeing with her mother is too risky. Better to express agreement and move on. I don't see this as disordered behavior. I see it as a victim trying to survive. Uh, I do think she's a burgeoning narcissist, but I don't think the dark side has consumed her yet. What do you think of that analysis, Jim? Yeah, uh, it seems pretty good. I... I don't. I think that I think something's wrong with Emma, though. Like,
0: yeah, I, I mean, she's clearly not like the the golden child. She's pretending to be. Yeah, but, she's, but she's playing she's that role not, in the family, as you said, like her mother. Right. Th- that's the only thing I would disagree with is Emma is very much not like her mother.
1: Yeah. Well, but you know, She's much more like Camille is. Camille was Camilla, or was it uh, was it a wild child back in the day who I guess then we don't is know. ashamed of it and now want you know, yeah. Um, you know, cause, cause I've, I've seen that in narcissistic uh, individuals too, like this whole Madonna horror complex and they get to be adults and real and, and think that like they just consumed the shameful things that they did. And mm-hmm. then when their kids to doing, you know, anyway, uh, this isn't my therapy session. It's ostensibly a podcast about all television. Mm-hmm. Uh, is Camille's body a metaphor for the town all covered up? Nothing to see here, but all this pain and rage underneath. Mm. Could be. I liked it. I liked yeah. the metaphor. Uh, I strongly identified the scene where Emma was talking to Camille for help or asking Camille for help with the alcohol. As the black sheep and or scapegoat of my family, I've been a go-to for this type of stuff, too. You get some kind of sad pleasure of at least helping their lives be easier. But, of course, they'll high-road you later when it suits them. <laughs> uh, you have to be careful because bad parents turn siblings against each other. Uh, in some main suspect last week, Camille's stepfather. Main suspect this week, Camille's older lady friend. Interesting. I don't know what... What Patricia? What what Patricia? Is it Patricia?
0: I think it is. Jack. I don't. Jackie. I thought it was Jackie. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I don't know what Jackie's done to get everyone so upset with her, but uh, she's
0: just suspicious. She's too. She's too loose. Too. She called Amy Adams beautiful. Yeah. Really. She's got a crush on. Crush on uh, Camille it is interesting how i don't know it's weird when
1: last episode she said beauty 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 to her yeah and, that creeped me out and then adora said i love you i love you i love you to Aunt Emma. yeah interesting uh telephone of madness uh i'm not sure if i should answer this call honestly it's a telephone, telephone of madness
0: of madness this okay. is Rick
1: grimes talking the answering the telephone in the prison season man uh-huh. who knows what doors will open here uh, if Camille's sister had a chronic illness, I can totally see why Camille's mother, uh, or she was Camille's mother's golden child, because one of my Dark Triad family members is like an illness-seeking missile. Uh, I'm glad to see how many of our uh, Bald Move audiences is, as is, is fucked up as I am, I guess, because they're throwing around terms like Dark Triad. Are you familiar with hmm. Dark Triad? No. I don't know what that is. Uh, it's a cluster of personality traits that, like, essentially Ooh. form, uh, uh, like, malevolent qualities or psychopathic qualities and they are drunkenness narci- skin carving and teeth pulling <laughs> no no okay. it's narcissism machiavellianism and psychopathy okay wow
0: yeah so you don't want all three of those no
1: no that's <laughs> that's that's not the three cherries you get and no. win a jackpot uh that's three poop emojis you get <laughs> And and it dispenses human misery. Yep. Um, Anyway, she loves to latch on to people who have serious terminal illnesses because the targets are grateful for the help and or too weak to challenge their dominating behavior. It allows her to play the martyr saint and be told what a wonderful help she is being. She gets to steal attention from the target's visitors. She gets to remind everyone how irrelevant their problems are compared to the poor so-and-so. And and they enjoy actually watching them suffer. That's a (laughs) compelling... Yeah, uh, that that that's. I think that's a compelling suite of psychological observations you've made there. Telephone of Madness. Uh, at the moment, my money is on a door being behind the killings, just because she's the psychopathic elephant in the room. But maybe the husband is helping her pull teeth, because apparently, a woman can't pull teeth. Female <laughs> dentists take note. Yep. When I saw her at the end of the town, ta- uh, at the end in her gown holding Am, I thought, "Where? There's the woman in white." Although I think the gown is actually light blue. Um. Hmm. Is it possible that the way we can have, we can make this, bi- we cannot make the binary choice between choosing a male killer, or female killer, is that there's two killers working mm. together? Yeah, the duo. Like, Alan's so far under her spell that, hey, you know, I'll, I'll engage in some light murder with you uh, of a teenager if it means I'll get, a, uh, I'll get to listen to my French orchestral music and peace for a week mm-hmm. or a weekend. You think there's something to that? Or it's a Jackie
0: Adora combo? No, but sure. Yes.
1: (laughs) You you don't think that it's a possible two killers working together?
0: Oh, yeah. That's always possible. It could even be more. It could be the whole town. We could have a hot fuzz situation going on. Oh, my God. A hot fuzz situation. Yeah. Why
1: not? They're going to be wearing those apocalypse cloaks and Uh intoning things about keeping the order. Uh, All right. I can get down with that. i I do think it's interesting the idea that like we're looking for a killer but there might be two and it would also neatly solve why there's different mos right you know maybe like that's why the teeth pulling in the framing is they're trying to like make it seem like a conventional serial killer to throw them off
0: the the trail Mm uh i don't know and could could two women working together pull a tooth is that possible? I think so. Would the sheriff even if admit they used every bit possible? of their lady
1: strength and maybe Jesus some some, mecha- some some leverage mechanical advantage, maybe they could get a mouthful of teeth <laughs> out, maybe. I hope everyone knows that we are speaking in the
0: highest sarcasm here. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I I I I I hope people know that. Yeah. But then again, I don't know. Uh probably good to, to explicitly say that. Uh yeah i like the i like the the other thing about the um someone pointed out i, I didn't include this for feedback but the sheriff is saying uh i use this term a cry for help a lot mm-hmm. um and they want to be caught and maybe that explains some of the like I, when i was reading that i'm like well this seems kind of far-fetched but now at the end of the podcast uh is there something to that like maybe the sh- the sheriff is being like so shady in plain sight because
0: I don't know I mean what's his motive though Yeah it it it's in the same scenes where you're talking about you know them essentially pointing out the obvious right. stuff about serial killers and it's right. going to turn out not to be that so It'll be one or the other. It is interesting that, like, I think the sheriff is of Adora's generation
1: in this town. He mm-hmm. is from the town. Ta- but, like, we don't know anything about him. His family, sure. whether he, like, you know... I, I'm assuming he's not from Old Money, or why would he be the sheriff? Um, or the chief of police. I guess that's different than sheriff. Uh,
0: I, I just... I, I don't know. I just I just don't see him as a suspect. I feel like there's a reason why there are two... Cops from different locations In this Mm. story I I don't think I don't know that one of them is going to turn out to be the killer Mm -hmm. But I think that's an important factor here That one of them is from the outside And one of them is from the inside
1: Maybe uh, Vickers isn't the killer But he's helped cover it up like we right that was one of the false flags in true detective like you think it's this this uh little toady sheriff character but Mm -hmm. he is actually just looking being paid to look the other way by powerful interests yeah uh and if you're talking about the old money of the town and you know maybe maybe but then and Maybe that's why he's so hostile because he first called him in there because he didn't know that and now he's now he knows it's connected to the old money and now he wishes the guy would go away because it makes his job of covering up harder mm-hmm. um but well yeah, why would you uh i don't know, I guess you don't need a reason other than than money and and power to to be complicit <laughs> in killing someone
0: a, a lot of people will not ask questions if they can either get paid or rewarded in some other way for
1: it. Right, and that their betters are telling them, oh, this is something you don't need to worry about. Of course we didn't do it. This is all, yeah. Ah. Uh, Fascinating show, and and we'll be interested to see how the next six weeks go. Uh, The -hmm. only thing I can say for sure is that we will be back next Tuesday. With another episode of, uh, you know, again, coming down off the all television thing just to talk about sharp objects. If you'd like to send us feedback, please do so at tv at baldmove.com or in our non spoiler uh, discussion on the forums. Uh, I know there's several people have read the books, but they're keeping that stuff to themselves at forums.baldmove.com. TV at baldmove.com, forums.baldmove.com. We will see you next week. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. Later. You know the number one question I get on the Bald Move TV podcast, Jim? No. How, how do you guys cover all of television? Oh, good one. How how do people – how how do you come up with the budget to do it? Like mm-hmm. it's just a, such a, a vast in, 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 in scope. Uh, and, and the answer is uh, we've got this thing called the club. com allows our listeners to directly support us. Don't have to take money from the man uh, though we're willing to. Uh <laughs> <laughs> if, it's, if it's a lot of money, if it's, if the it's, man yeah, has if to pay extra. If it's shit, if it's out there in the streets, I'm, I'm going to pick it up. It's a man tax. Uh, it's I'll, it's just, I'll say that. The, the man has a man tax. Yeah. Uh, and, and we can avoid that by, by being primarily listener-supported at the club, club.ballmove.com. Uh It's good for us, obviously. Why is it good for you? Uh, you get the satisfaction of supporting uh, a, a independent podcaster. Uh, you get a lot of extra uh, features, like so if you like me and Jim – Well, there's a lot more of us. We're doing bonus shows like Quip, and we do video game playthroughs, and we do Lunch with Jim and Aaron, which is our our variety show uh, that we host every Friday. It's a perfect way to cap your end of your week. You get ad free feeds if that's something important to you. Uh, Check out all the benefits at club.baldmove.com. You can preview a bunch of them for free. You can sign up for a free 30-day trial. Uh, Check it out, club.baldmove.com.